This morning, I want to start us on a new path, a new series. Uh, I believe that we, we did amazing things in the last series called Called, Chosen, Anointed, and More. And I'm hoping and praying that you finally realize where you are and where you're walking in this moment. Some of us are walking and just being called. Some of us are walking and being the chosen. Some of us are walking and anointing. And some of us are going beyond that into the more. But as I was preparing, as I was getting to the end of the series, I started to ask God, God, what is going on that I need to deal with? Because let, let's be honest, I, I told you guys um, over a month ago that God had laid this word called identity theology in my chest, that it was time for the church to identify to the things of God, not just talk about the things of God. To be identified by the things of God, not just be Bible carriers or church attenders, but to actually identify what the word declares over us and decrees over us. And so as I was dealing with this and, and I'm watching the church slowly come back, but I'm still talking to people that are, that are fearful and they're fearful for their kids to go to school and they're fearful to go back into the community and they're fearful to go to a store and they're fearful to walk out and they're fearful of the social situations and they're fearful of the racial and, and, and injustice and they're fearful of, of this thing and that thing and they're afraid to talk and they're afraid to go and they're afraid to move. And God started dealing with me. He says, Brian, can I just say to you? Uh, uh, that the people of God right now are more fearful than they are faithful. Yeah, it got quiet in this Presbyterian church real fast. Because nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to say, no, pastor, I'm, I'm faithful. I'm full of faith. But let's be honest, we have said things over the last few months that are contradictory to that declaration of faith. Don't get quiet on me now because I saw your post on Facebook. Don't get quiet on me now because now I have to call it out because I know where we are. Fear has found its way, not just into the culture, but has found its way into the kingdom. It has found its way into the church and where we used to declare that God was the same yesterday, today, and forever and that he changes not. We have begun to wonder where God is and walk through the wilderness as if God has abandoned us in the process. I have watched people of faith that one day lifted their hands in worship and declared God to be Jehovah Jireh. Now sit at home and say, church is too long. Things are not the way they used to be. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be in the house of God. It's full of us. Work with me. Can, can I just say this to you for a second? The pandemic proved something about the church, that it's not where we think we are. How do you know that, Pastor? Because in the midst of the pandemic, when the doors opened back up, not everyone came back. Why did not everyone come? Because fear set in. Fear started to keep us bound backwards where we did not march forward. We started to step backwards into a place and declare things because we think a virus is bigger than the God. Hmm. It's funny that COVID-19 or coronavirus or, or the Chinese flu or whatever you want to call it or that disease has taken on more conversation in this hour than Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sikhanu. We, we don't even, we, we have to get to a Sunday morning so that we can spend an hour and a half encouraging you that maybe on Monday you can declare it, but by Tuesday fear has now crept back in. So now we need to get back to the Sunday again so we can re-energize you again so that you, instead of I am what my word says I am and this word doesn't change this word embodies everything I am as a believer so I'm going to adhere to what this thing is and yet fear even though fear exists fear will not have its way in me because I am over I'm an overcomer I am a conqueror I am more than a conqueror I have I am able to do more than what that thing says and I will not be limited by culture I will not not be limited. Hmm. 
I will not be limited by what the world says. I will be bound to what my God says. And I will be defined by what my God says. And I will declare what my God says. And I will decree what my God says. And if it's contrary, then I have to choose between life and death. For the Bible declares that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And if I declare life, then I'm declaring the word. But if I begin to declare everything else, then I am now speaking death over my situation. There is a problem that is existing and it is shutting us down. We have to talk about this. And and I didn't want to do it when the pandemic came out because I didn't want to be one of those cliche pastors. We're going to preach a series called Faith Over Fear. Can I just say this to you? If we were really where we said we were, we'd never have to preach a message like that. Because I wouldn't have to stand here and say, where's your faith at? So I didn't come this morning to give you a title of a cliche message. Let's talk about faith over fear. This morning, I just want to preach you a message I've entitled, Fear Not. Fear not. There is a spirit that is running rampant in the world today. This four-letter word has found itself woven into the fabric of our existence, and it is time that we remove it. It is time to stop running from it and confront it through the word of God and be delivered from it once and for all. How many of you in this room have ever dealt with fear? How many of you deal with fear right now? Somebody like, I'm not saying nothing. I don't have any fear. I don't have any fear. Okay, let your kid go play in the street. Okay, don't go to work tomorrow. Because everything we do today is driven by that one word, fear. Watch this. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to jump way out in my notes because it's like four pages in. Ready? Why do you work? Because if I don't work, I can't pay my bills. And if I can't pay my bills, then I can't put a roof over my head. And if I can't pay or put a roof over my head, who's going to take care of my children? And if I can't do this, just you watch where I'm going. Most, some of us have jobs because we, we just love to work. We just love what we do. But let's be honest. Why do we get up in the morning? Why do we go through the processes? Why do we do what we do? Because there's this little monster that plays in the back of our heads that says, if we don't, we might lose it all. So we are driven and motivated by fear. Think about it. My kids, when they want to watch, parents, you can work with me on this one. My kids want to go outside and ride their skateboard up and down the street. Where does your mind go? What if somebody comes and takes me? So now we've bought gadgets to attach to our children in order to try to eliminate our fear rather than serve the God who says, fear not. Work with me for a second. But pastor, you can't. Listen, here's what I need you to understand. Why is it that we have this issue in us to fear and then say we don't fear and that we trust God? Do you understand that fear is the opposite of trusting God? If you fear, then you are not trusting God. Well, pastor, I'm not talking about being in awe fear of God, the fear and trembling of the Lord. I'm referring to fearing of things. When the hurricane showed up yesterday and they said, get ready, it's going to be a category one. And I told my wife, it's going to be a cat two, just so you know ahead of time. Pastor, what are we going to do? Should we go out of town? What do we do? What do we run? Oh, God, are we going to lose everything? Is the house going to flood? I don't care. Because here's the truth of it. I serve a God that shall supply all of my needs. I don't know about you, but people, I've heard stories about Katrina, right? People go, Katrina was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Katrina was the best thing that ever happened to me. Pastor, how could you say that? Bro, it brought me my wife. It brought me my family. I got a, I got, I got a wonderful family. I, I, life is good. No, Pastor. No, no. Listen, all things. 
all things work for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So I need you to understand that because Christ lives in me, when God says, fear not, I step into that place that he says, Brian, fear is not of me, therefore don't do it. But yet what we do as believers is we fear and then we ask God to take it away from us. It's time to fear not. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says this. It says, fear not, for I'm with you. You can stop right there and preach a whole message right there. Because I can tell you right now, if you start to fear, you might want to check where God is. Because now he's not leading, fear is leading. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Be not worried, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do you trust his righteous right hand? Do you trust it to cover? You see, when the storm comes, I'm like, what do we do? What do we? My God shall supply. I'm good. I'm really okay. Well, what if, what if it comes in and it does what it did to Lake Charles? And what if it, it destroys Slidell? I'm still in his plan. I'm still in his purpose. I still have breath in my body. I'm still walking on this earth. My days aren't over yet. I'm still here. God is still the king. I'm still his. He's still mine. Let's keep going. Fear not, for I am with you. Look at this scripture for a second. It says, fear not. Fear not. You know what word I hate? I, de- I despise this statement, and, and maybe I'm wrong for this, but you know, we were fearless. I'm fearless. Take the two words that are in fearless and break them apart. I'm going to fear less, but I'm not going to fear not. I don't want to be fearless. I want to fear not. Because if I say I'm fearless, then I have a little bit less of the fullness of fear. As opposed to saying there is no fear in me. Then some of you might look at me and go, Pastor, how can you say there's not fear? How can you just declare that there's not fear? Because my word says to declare it, first of all. Can I just say that to you, sidebar? That the, my word says to say it. If the word says that I'm going to decree it. The word doesn't say to fear less. It says to fear not. It doesn't even say to be fearless. It says to fear not. But I'm not going to tell you that fear doesn't exist. Fear is a real thing. It exists. But the choice of what you do with it is up to you. And I'm hoping... But over the next few weeks, I can help you to see that as we break this thing down and as we destroy the bondage of this. Fearless is not a godly declaration of freedom. It is one of acceptance that we cannot be overcomers. I don't want to live a fearless life. I want to live a fear not life. I don't want to cope. I want to conquer. And remember, you cannot conquer what you're not willing to confront. I refuse to accept a life of fear and choose to live the one of faith that Christ has laid out for me. Are you ready to break the fear in your life this morning? Come on, work with me for a second. Are you willing and ready to break the spirit of fear in your life this morning? You can't, listen, let me say this to you, because more of y'all raised your hand than are amen in me right now. And I'm going to say this as a sidebar. This is not in my notes, but let me say this to you. The reason we're quiet to say we want to get rid of it is because we're intimate with it. We've made bedfellows with our fear. We've invited it into the intimacy of our bedrooms and sleep with it. We cater to it. We feed it. We make a place for it at the table. We sit on the couch next to it and stroke its ego. We tend to it as if it's something that we should keep. I need you to get to the spiritual place of deciding that you want to place an eviction notice on fear in your life. I will not be bound or live in the spirit of fear, but I will live by the spirit of faith. I will declare by the spirit of faith. I will walk in the things of God, and I will fear not. So let me ask you one more time. Are you ready to break the bondage of fear in your life? Good. I'm glad you're with me now. 
Well, in order to do that, we got to understand some stuff. And so today, I want to spend this morning helping you understand what fear is and where it's come from so that as we march forward and I give you the weapons of warfare to defeat fear, you know how to apply them because here's what I think happens. We do not know fear. Fear is like that person in your little black book, the thing you visit for moments of comfort. But it is not something that you truly know and recognize because fear will show up at moments you did not expect it. Can I get an amen from somebody? Fear will show up at places you're like, whoa, didn't see that coming. But what you have to understand is, is that the moment you know what fear is and you know, watch this, who fear is, then you can identify it even further than when it gets on top of you. Because when you can see it coming, you go, ha ha, I know you. I've dealt with you. You have no authority in this moment. You have to leave. So let me first give you the natural definition of the word fear. The word fear is defined as this, a distressing emotion. Watch this, because I don't think we look at definitions enough. A distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc. Watch this next part. Whether the threat is real or imagined. Now, you're going to understand where I'm going with that in a second, but I need you to understand. Sometimes your faith isn't real. Sometimes your faith is what you made it to be. It is the feeling or condition of being afraid. Some of us in this room feel like we know it already. We know what fear is already. But for most of our, most of our ideas, fear is fear-driven. It is driven by our own imaginations. It is Fear is built by fearful thoughts. Come on, work with me for a second. If, you say, if your kid says, I want to go out and play... Your emotion starts to take over, and you start to literally create scenarios of pain and hurt and disaster. Come on, work with me for a second. We go to the worst-case scenario rather than the best-case scenario first. Can I just say this to you? When you thought on the worst cases when you were in sin, because your mind was locked up in the things of hell. But when you came into the things of God, God said, I released the shackles off your mind. I released you from captivity and now now walk in that space. So now when my kids go outside, I give them the instructions how to protect themselves, but I'm not sitting on my bed going, oh God, where are my kids at? Oh my God, where are my kids at? Oh God, oh God, please protect them. Oh God, oh God, I'm so scared. Oh God, no. Come on, y'all work with me. Some of y'all are old enough to understand this. Some of us used to ride bikes in places that your parents would have never, ever, ever, ever found you. My parents would say, go play. I didn't come home for hours. And I was thinking about this one day. I'm like, my mama would have never found me. Places I went that I didn't tell them, but they weren't going. Oh, God, we're going to get in the car. We're going to go find them. Pastor, the world is a different place. No, we just talk about it a lot more. You think that pedophilia is the first time it's ever happened is now? You think sex trafficking is the first time it's ever happened now? You think people being uh, 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 kidnapped and abducted is a new thing now? No, it's just being talked about more. Here's the problem, and here is the culprit of a majority of our fears, the things you watch and listen to, not the things you believe. Because media is created, news is created to keep you in fear. I don't know if you understand that yet or not, but my word was created to keep me in faith. Now, I watch the news, and I watch what's happening in the earth. My wife says, you watch too much news. It's too depressing. I don't want to watch it. It's fine. You don't have to watch it. I like to know what's going on, but I don't run around going, oh, God, what are we going to do? Because if I run out of a moment watching the news and go, God, what are you going to do? Then what I'm telling God is, God, whatever you said in your word is untrue. Because none of this is real. Because I'm going to choose to believe that or I'm going to choose to believe your word. I'm going to choose to walk in life or I'm going to choose to live by death. I'm going to choose to confess this or I'm going to choose to confess that. Yes, there are evil people in the world, but God is still on the throne. 
And so I'm going to choose by faith to believe that God, when he says his angels encamp round about me, Jack, when my kids go out to play, the angels of the Lord walk out with hope in Judah and say, I got you. Pastor, how can you say that? Because my word says it. See, here's, can I just say this? Because I can sense this while I'm saying this right now. Pastor, you're being holy roller. You're being super spiritual. It's better than being super fearful. (laughs) It's better than being afraid. Can I tell you this? Everything that you want to do in your life is bound by your limitations with fear. (laughs) See, here's, I was talking with Kirk about this the other day, and Kirk said, you know, there's only one fear that you're born with. One. Everything else is created. One fear you're born with, that's the fear of falling. That's it. It's the only fear you're born with. Take a baby. Y'all are seeing them do it. I don't know what they're grabbing, but they're, they're trying to grab something. And they're, they're afraid of falling. But other than that, every other fear is created. Every other fear is birthed. Every other fear is talked about. Every other fear is implanted. Every other fear is doctrinated. <laughs> and yet we wonder why we battle. Because can I just say this? And I know I keep going back to it, but the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. If you... If your mouth is deceiving you, shut it. Shut that sucker down until it gets right, until the coals can cleanse your lips and your mouth can be touched and your tongue can be corrected so that every word that proceeds from your mouth brings edification and encouragement and strength. And it does not create a space of fear, but it creates a space of declaring and decreeing the things of God. Pastor, this is weird. This is, I don't like this because I, I'm, I, it's like, you know, it's like this. It's like, it's like every, every year around October, I do this thing on Halloween. And I know people get mad at me. People don't come to church for those couple weeks because they don't want me to steal their Halloween from them. It's funny. I, 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 I teach the truths about Halloween. The biblical, demonic truths about Halloween. And people get mad at me because I'm taking away their favorite holiday. Okay. The whole meaning of the whole purpose of Halloween in our culture is to be afraid. So all I'm trying to do is take away fear. But yet our culture is indoctrinated to possess fear, to hold on to it with everything we've got, to fight for fear. What if I told you you were holding on to the devil himself and you were fighting God for the devil's right to live inside of you? Sidebar. Some of us in this room feel like we know what fear is. But most of us have created fear to be bigger than what it really was ever meant to be. The thesaurus, if you look into the thesaurus, I always mess that word up, thesaurus. I can't say that word real clear. And you look at the word fear, this is what it gives you other words as. You ready for this? Angst, anxiety, concern, despair, dismay. Doubt, dread, here it comes, horror, jitters, panic, scare, suspicion, terror, unease, uneasiness, and worry. Now can I ask you, how many of you have some fear? See, here's the thing, because we don't, we don't look at it. We just look at fear as a big thing. But fear finds its ways into our existence through little areas. And if we give root to those little areas, then now fear takes root in us. And let me help you with something. If you plant flowers and you plant weeds, it is only a matter of time before the weeds begin to choke out the flowers. Light and darkness can't live in the same place. Why would you try to put fear and faith in the same box? Well, I'm afraid of this, but I have a lot of faith for this. No. You can't have both. There goes your next update from the weather service. There you go. 
right on time. See? See, y'all are looking at your phone. Y'all know there's a storm in the Gulf. Get over it. Oh, God, we're going to die. Thank you, God, for this perfect illustration to my message right now. Because all y'all went like this. Oh, God. Oh, God, I know he's preaching good, but I got to check my phone. Even if you have it on silent, it's still going to go off, just so you know. Trust me, I did it at 4.30 this morning. Yes, Lord, your servant's listening. Yes, Lord. I'm listening. Whew. Okay, you got me up. Okay. She goes, did you hear it? I said, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, so we all heard it. Amen. Praise God. At some point, you got to start to believe the word that you decree and declare is not just for a moment, but it's for a lifetime. And that if we declare and decree it, we cannot operate in the alternate space that completely, completely contradicts its power. We have to literally choose. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Can I just say this to you? You're going to have to choose whether you serve faith or fear. Because you can't serve both. You can't serve two masters. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. So if you're serving fear, Pastor, I'm not serving fear. I just have fear. Uh Uh-uh. If you have fear, you are serving the fear because you have given it authority to take root. You had to uproot something to allow it to take root. I'm going to prove it to you in just a minute. We understand now what the definition of fear is and its counterparts, but fear is really so much more than that. If you want me to prove it to you, watch this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Most of us know this scripture. It simply says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, here's what we hold on to in this scripture. We hold on to, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's the part we want because here's what we chase more than anything. We chase the benefits of the gospel, not the process of the gospel. Watch, we chase what we want to feel on the inside rather than understanding that that scripture has no power if you eliminate the first portion. Because the love, power, and of a sound mind trumps the spirit of fear. So it says there, it says, but God, for for God has not given us. Let's stop right there for just a second. For God has not given us. If God didn't give it to us, then where did it come from? Mm. And before you go, the devil did it. It's all the devil. Be careful. Can I just say this as a sidebar? Be careful how much authority you give the devil in your existence. Be careful how much you give him appreciation for the things that you struggle with. Let me help with something. Not everything that you struggle with is from the devil. Some of your struggles are just because we're ignorant. Look, get quiet again. You better call me ignorant. I'm not saying you're ignorant. I'm saying we do ignorant things. I didn't say you walked around with, duh. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, is that we do dumb stuff and we get mad at the devil for our own stupidness. Well, the devil put me in that, but you still chose to do it. Right. Nobody told you to pick up that thing and do it. Nobody told you to make that mistake. Nobody told you to, you said, you know what, I'm going to do it and I'll pay the consequences later. Say that stupid statement, do it now and ask for forgiveness later. Bad idea. Yeah. Second Timothy says, God has not given us. I love what James 1.17 says. It says, every good and perfect gift is from where? From above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. In other words, who does not move in darkness. Fear is darkness. It is not light. So fear cannot come from God. 
The only fear that we should have is a fear in trembling of the power and the presence and the majesty of who God is. But anything other than that, we should eliminate from us. To fear God is to fear not. Watch what I just said. Hmm. Because if there's any other fears inside of me, I have stopped fearing God. I am no longer in awe of him. I am in awe of the problems. I am no longer in awe of his presence. I'm in awe of the struggle. I am caught up. I am captured by. I am bound to. Rather than bound to my Savior. Clinging on to his hand. Being led by his spirit. No, I'm being led by the moment. I'm being led. Look, I'm just going to say this to you. Sorry, I'm editing while I'm thinking. All of the stuff that's been happening in the culture has made people question, fearfully question whether they're racist or not. And feel the obligation to prove that they're not racist. But my word says, fear not. Because I understand that if I'm walking with God and I'm adhering to his plan and purpose, then it is not me who they see, but the God who lives in me that they see. And the God who lives in me loves everybody and does not reject anybody. And so then I demonstrate who my God is rather than who Brian is. And if you have to question who Brian is, then you are more caught up with who I am than the God that's on the inside of me. And so either one of two things, either you're lost or I'm lost because either I'm portraying something that I shouldn't be or you are looking for something other than the God that I serve. If, if you don't take the right responsibility with COVID-19 and you don't want my opinions on it and I'm not here to give them to you today. If it was up to me and the mandate was over, I would tell you take your masks off, move on. Because here's the truth of it at the end of the day. I serve a God who is more than able. Thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. I serve a God who says that sickness can't conquer me. Because here's the problem. The only time that death is you're afraid of, the only only reason you're afraid of death is because you're afraid of living. Let that one sit for a second. Because most of us think that living only exists here. But living extends beyond this place into the heavenlies. And so if you're more concerned, see, this, this, is, this gets really weird because people go, you're, being, you're, just, you're just going too far, Pastor. Have you read your Bible yet? Because it goes really far. I mean, it, it gets out there. It's, it, it's, it's going to mess with your human fleshly thoughts. Why would I not want to go out there? Because my fleshly thoughts ended me in sin. I, this, this space of just living in perpetual, racial, political. Oh, I'm afraid who's going to be president. Do you understand that your Bible says that God, watch, here it comes. God appoints kings and magistrates. So let me just say this to you. I don't care what your opinion is politically. I don't care whether you're a right wing, a left wing, a libertarian. uh, You want to vote Kanye West. I don't care. Whatever you choose to do, I don't care. It's not going to stop me from loving you. It's not. But you know what's funny in the church now? We can't even express our own political beliefs because we're afraid that someone might call us something that we're not because we choose to go a different way than they go. 
No one can have opinions anymore, so we all shut up and we play quiet. Do you think that's not an assignment of the enemy? To cause us to live in fear, to perpetuate in fear, to move by fear. I need you to say enough is enough. I'm a child of the Most High God. I serve God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I love my neighbor as myself. I love him with everything that's on the inside of me. And I'm going to pursue everything he has, not what the world has. The world's news does not affect me. The world's report does not affect me because I have a report that was written before the news ever came out. And that report says in the end that I shall inherit the kingdom of God and not be bound to this earth, but to be bound to him. See, we've got to shift out of this culture. I'm so afraid I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills I don't know how I'm going to do this I'm going to know how to do this get up and work we live in a culture now where people don't even want to work they just want to sit on and collect a free check I said it well I go to work I'm just going to get the stimulus package go to work because the Bible says a man who doesn't work doesn't eat don't come to me and go pastor I can't pay my electric bill did you go apply for a job no I ran out of money well what money did you have stimulus money I don't have any more. Can you help? Nope. Because I'll put money in your hand and you'll spend it too and you'll end up right back in the same place you ended up before. You need a heart change more than you need a pocket change. But we don't want to talk about that anymore because we just want to be motivated by struggle. What if I told you God called you to live a struggle-less life? Let me rephrase that. A struggle-not life. (laughs) I don't like that less stuff anymore. I just don't like it. I, what if God called you? What if, what if what I told you, God says, listen, I created a life for you in me that you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be afraid of anything. You don't have to fear anything. All you have to do is fear me. That means you walk in relationship with me. That means I'm everything to you. And if you'll stay in that space, if you'll stay in my, in my, in my field, if you'll stay in, in the area of, of where I keep my sheep, if you'll stay in there and you'll let me be your shepherd, then I will cause things to happen for you. The problem is, is we spend too much time wandering outside of the field and then complaining while we're in struggle. God says, hey, hey, duh, come back. Come back. The problem is, is that we don't want to come back because when we come back, he's about to share some stuff off of us. It says, for God has not given us. So if God didn't give us, who did? Well, in other words, we have to define where it comes from because I think what we do is we think that all fear comes from the devil. Can I ask you? Okay. Let me, let me give you another one real quick. Um, I'm going to use my favorite, my favorite tool of conversation, and that's Facebook. <laughs> okay, work with me for a second, and, and I'm not going to call any names out. I'm not going to put anybody on blast. I'm not going to make you feel bad, but I am going to call it out. You put a post on social media, and then you keep checking social media. Why? Because you want to see if somebody likes your post. When you don't get enough likes, you begin to fear that no one likes you. Watch where I'm going. No, I don't do that. Okay, I would love for you. You know there's a thing called screen time on your cell phone? You know what I'm talking about, screen time? On an iPhone, there's a thing called screen time. It literally logs how much time you spend on an app. Okay? It logs how, much, how many hours you spend on an app. Now, some of you are just really good at stalking people. Okay? But let me say this to you. The reason we stalk people is because we think everybody else has a better life than us. And we're searching to live vicariously through their successes rather than being confident and fulfilled by our own. And so we're searching to see what everyone else is doing. Now, if your family gets on there and they're looking at your pictures, great, wonderful. But outside of that perspective, Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter, all those things, those social media spaces. I'm going to say this to you, and you're going to get mad at me, and you're going to think I'm just being a crazy church person, a crazy preacher, and I shouldn't say these things, but I'm going to say them anyway. I'm going to say this to you. I believe that they weren't created for evil, but we've turned them for evil. Because now we think that our existence and what we do is that important. And we get mad and hurt when other people don't share the same desire to do what we do. What happened to just going and doing what you're doing and not worrying about what everybody cared about what you did? Y'all remember back in the days when we didn't have cell phones? Like, like you had to leave a voicemail on an answer machine and I'll get to you when I get to you. Now it's like, why didn't you answer my phone calls? Why well, called? Why didn't you answer? Can I just be honest with you? Because I didn't answer the phone. Why? Why? I called and it was important. I get it. What was important to you doesn't always have to be important to me. It needs to go be taken to the throne room of grace, not the throne room of Brian. I know. This is going to shut it down right here. We're going to lose people today. Because people are right now getting offended by what I'm saying. People are getting hurt because, oh, he doesn't care about my phone calls. He's like, you didn't need me 10 years ago. Why do you need me now? And here's the other part. I don't call you when I got problems. I call on Jesus. I don't call Tyrone. Some of y'all know that video. You'll catch it in a minute. I called you. Why? Pastor, why? But I want you to call me. But that's not what my word says to do. My word says that when you go through a problem, go before the throne of grace. Submit your petitions to the Father and trust that he is capable and able to do. But now we're afraid. Because now we even fear that God won't do what he said he would do. So we go to people to get our answers and supersede the authority of God. And then we wonder why we're stuck where we are because we chose man's opinion rather than God's declaration and dominion. He said, for God has not given us, right? He's not given us. So where did we pick it up? When did we give it authority? I know fear exists. It's real. But I serve a God that does not give me fear. So if there's fear in my life, then I have begun to adhere to and follow someone else. My intimacy has changed, and now I have made room in the intimate places of my heart for fear to exist. God has not given us. If fear exists, if you allow yourself to be fearful of things, then you have lost your focus on where God is taking you. God never said he wouldn't walk you through a moment that was struggled. But he says, fear not, I am with you. He never said you wouldn't go through trials and tribulations. He never said there wouldn't be issues in your world. But he says, listen, chill out. Breathe, man. It's okay. I got this. The problem is, is that we keep going to God and saying, God, I know you say you got it, but I need right now results, so I've got it now. Let me take over. And here's the great part about God. God goes, okay. Have at it. Call me when you need me. I'll be right here. He didn't say he'd leave you, but he'll let you take the reins because he'll prove to you you need him in your existence. People go, I don't need God. I don't need God. I'm doing just fine. Oh, but wait. Because the Bible says there will come a point where every knee shall bow 
and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You might not do it now, baby, but you'll realize one day, look, Darwin even did it. God has not given us. Stop asking God to take away fear and start identifying who and what exists in your life that is giving fear to you. Y'all heard what I just said? Stop always asking God to take away something he didn't give you. Find out what did and cut it off. If it's people, bye, Felicia. Gotta go. I don't have time for you anymore. If it's situations, if Facebook and social media create fear, stop entertaining fear. Thinking that you're big enough to overcome something that God did not place in you. Stop creating scenarios of fear. If you're really that afraid for your children to go outside and play, get up off your blessed assurance, put a chair in the driveway, and watch your kids in the driveway and laugh and enjoy them playing. But do not sit in the confines of your bedroom on your bed in your comfortable place of cowardice and sit there and fuss and whine about, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Shut up. Do something different. Change your scenarios, change your existence, and confront the fear and conquer that sucker so that when you go outside and my daughter's rollers or skateboarding up and down the street, up and down the street, and I watch and she's doing great and she's having a great time, I went, what if I have to fear? God's with me. God's with her. I'm good. I'm not afraid. I'm afraid to take off my mask. I'm, I'm afraid to say what I really want to say. I'm afraid to express how I feel because I'm afraid I'm going to be misunderstood. Well, the people that choose to misunderstand you, those aren't friends. Those are haters. And you just need to know they need to go back where they came from. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. You notice he didn't say the struggle or the fight with fear. He said he's not given us a spirit of fear. You ever looked up what the definition of the word spirit is? The word spirit is defined as this, the force or principle of life that animates the body of a living thing. When I read that, I was like, good God help us. Can I just read it to you? I want to put it back up one more time. It says it is the force or principle of life that animates or motivates or moves the body, your existence of living things. Every creature on the earth has a ribbon or a thread of fear in it. Animals have fears. Dogs have fears. Cats have fears. Armadillas have fears. Spiders, whether you believe it or not, have fears. Flies, they hate me. I kill them. Snakes, I don't care if you like snakes. The only good snake in my house is a dead snake. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. But, but, but this spirit that is existing, it says God has not given us the force or principle of life that animates body, a body of living things. Think about it this way. Just read it in this way. God has not given us the force or principle of life that animates the body of living things in fear. So if that's what the word says, then your movement is not God movement. It's fear movement. It's the enemy moving you away. Do you understand that if the enemy can separate you from your faith, he will win you? He will beat you. He's the master of broken focus. He's the king of distractions. If I can get them to look over here while God's moving over here, I will win them. I will cause them to lose their promise and their purpose. 
Like, like when, when, when my kids come to me and they say, Dad, what are we going to do with our, like, what, what, I wanna, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do when you, when you get older, son? What do you want to do? Now, right now, my son's got two objectives. Two objectives. You ready for this? Two objectives. He either wants to be a full-time video gamer <laughs> or he wants to be a dirt bike rider. Okay. Now, of course, my mind goes to this. My son doesn't like roller coasters. So you're going to get on a motorcycle. <laughs> Jumping, flying through the air. But I can't get you to go on a dip on a roller coaster. Now, I don't, now watch, watch, watch. So I go, son, seriously? No. No way. You're not going to do that. But watch this. My fear never came into the place where, son, you could get hurt. Or he wants to play video games. Son, you're, you're going to be one of the video gamers and never have anything in your life. He just enjoys that right now. Trust me, it'll change. Trust. Trust me. Now, if they don't stop getting on YouTube and showing all these millions of dollars and showing all this money they're making, he's going to keep chasing this stupid thing. But whatever. Like, I, I'm not against it. I'm not fearful of it. I'm not. Listen, my son is very well-rounded. He, he, he knows, hey, listen, when Dad says shut it off, we're going to shut it off. Amen. But, but at the same time, I, I'm not fear-driven. But, but, but we allow our fears to come in, so then we go off to college and we go, well, I'm going to choose this career. Why are we going to choose this career? Because there's what behind it? And the Bible declares that the love of money is the root of all evil. It is not the possession of money. It is the love of money. When money becomes our God rather than God being the one that provides the money. Can I get an amen? Okay. So there's this fear now that now drives us. I've watched people go out and get educations and stuff, and I'm like, for real? Like the kid barely passed math and science, and they're going to go out and be a biologist. Why? Because there's good money in it. I'm going to be a pharmacist. Really? Why? There's good money in it. What happened to doing what you love to do because it's what you're called in purpose to do? What happened to doing what you do? Because there's, a, there's an assignment to it. There's a, there's a reality to it. There's a love of it rather than, oh, God, I'm, just, I'm doing it because I'm afraid. You got me help with something. You'll quit jobs in life because you're afraid. Watch. I, how many of y'all had multiple jobs growing up? I did. I, I changed jobs all the time. Because I got to this understanding. The moment I started hating a job was the moment I needed to quit. Because the only reason I was going was because I was afraid. The only reason I was reporting to the job was because I was afraid of lack. I was afraid of not having rather than understanding that I was created with a purpose and that I should be on assignment in what I'm doing, not just existing to exist and being miserable. Because then you won't get the best of me. See, all these things are driven by this fear space. All these things are driven, but God says, I didn't give it to you. You picked it up yourself. This, this force or principle of life that animates the body of living things. Fear is a motivator. It motivates everything. It animates everything. It moves you. But to what? Fear motivates most of what we do and say. Come on, work with me for a second. How many of y'all have checked your bank accounts today? See, see, some people are real honest with me right now. That is me. I've checked it. Why? Because we're driven by what if something comes up missing? What if something's not there? What if somebody does me wrong? What if something happens? Oh, God, what are we going to do? Can I just say this to you? What happened to the God that gave it to you in the first place? Okay, that, that was sidebar. How many of y'all are really excited to get out here and have lunch? You afraid you're not going to eat today or something? You afraid somebody's going to take all the food? What you afraid of? No, Pastor, I just don't want you to go two hours long and be make it a long church service. Were you afraid that heaven's not going to be that long? 
Like, let's get real here for a second. We're driven by stuff. We're, we're driven by things. We, we got up this morning. How many of y'all changed clothes two or three times before you walked out the house? And it wasn't just because you didn't like the way you looked. You were afraid of what somebody might have thought of how you looked. Can, can I just say as a sidebar? Maybe I shouldn't do this. This is going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, no, y'all don't want me to say this because I'm not talking about saying something that's contradictory or weird. One Sunday, I made a faux pas as a husband. <sighs> y'all bear with me. This is counseling for me at this moment. So I might respond to myself as I process myself through this. Uh, my wife decided on a Sunday not to wear eye makeup. And all I can see is eyeballs. So I can't see the whole face. I just get this perspective. And while I preach, I always look at her. I tell her, I preach my best messages when she's in the room, not when she's out of the room. And, and so she comes up to me after service, and I ask this question. Ladies, I apologize ahead of time. Please don't ooh me and ah me when I say this. All I said was, hey, did you not wear any eye makeup today? Now, that question was simple for me. It was just an observation. It was just, hey, I'm just wondering. It had no hidden meanings. It had no mean middle agendas. It had no frustration or aggravation. It had no disgust on it. It was just a simple observation. Hey, did you not wear any eye makeup today? Response was, no. Why, do I look ugly? She's showing me her face right now. Okay. So, so I come home like we always do. She's usually home before me. And then I come home and I walk in the room and we sit down and she proceeds to tell me what I really meant by that statement. <laughs> I know what you meant. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. What, do I look ugly? No, I'm just making an observation. Yeah, but that, there's a meaning behind that. You, you, you don't, what, you, that, what is that, did I look ugly? Did, did, did it not look good? What was the problem? You never said that before. Because you usually wear eye makeup on a Sunday and I'm just, man, can I get an amen from y'all, please? Y'all can deal with your eyes when y'all get home. Now, now we all go home in a dirt house today. Okay, praise the Lord. But I'm going to say this to you. I didn't say it with an agenda, but culture has dictated to females that when they do not appear kept, that they are now ugly. And that misconception has created strongholds inside of relationships where I had to literally look at her for like, y'all work with me. We had to talk this thing through for like two hours, bro. Like it wasn't just like me say it and let it go. It was like, we're going to have to like sit here and have a powwow face to face. Like, let's talk about it. Because I needed her to understand, babe, I think you're hot with no makeup on. Like, I'm the guy with the no makeup and ball cap type of dude. Like, that's me. And I told her that when we dated. But somewhere along the line the last 15 years, that left her mind. And so she thought she was only beautiful. And that, that's a fear. And so I didn't have to deal with the statement. I had to address the fear that was motivating the existence I said, baby, if you don't want makeup, I don't care. Because I, I don't want anybody else looking at you anyway. Amen. <laughs> amen. Can't get amen from one man in the room? Don't you look at my wife? You want another little side story real quick? 
Y'all got to pray for me because I can be so fleshly sometimes. Lord, touch me. We were driving somewhere one time, and some dude pulled up next to us and was hot trying to holler at my wife while I was driving the car. Y'all, Jesus was not in the car at that moment. Roll the window down. Can I help you? She's like, baby, roll the window up, roll the window up. I'm like, no, no, we're going to end this right now. Can I help you? Or one time we were somewhere and some dude decided to look my wife up and down. I corrected his eyeballs real quick. I said, she's married. She's mine. Look at her again. We might not be able to see anything after this. Fear not. God is with me. The Bible says vengeance is the Lord. But God didn't say I didn't have a part in it. Amen. Okay. This thing of being afraid has to be broken out of our lives. We have to understand that God didn't give it to us. He didn't give us this spirit, this, this motivator of fear. This thing was given to us by something else, something we chose to pick up, something we chose to listen to, something we chose to grab a hold of, something we chose to take root in our life. I didn't let it take root. Listen, listen, if you let it be planted beside you, it will take root in you. So therefore, you can't afford to do it. When fear comes, you need to reject fear. You need to abandon fear, evict fear, cause fear to go away. Pastor, I don't know how to do that. Well, I, I know you don't know how, and over the next few weeks, I'm going to give you the tools on how to do it. But you need to understand what it is, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to go home today, and you're going to take inventory of your existence. And you're going to find out where that fear is. And you're going to have to address that fear. And you're going to have to say, am I going to let it live, or am I going to let it leave? Watch this. Here's what God has given you. You ready for this? I'm going to read Romans 8. 1 through 11, and I'm hoping it's going to get for you. Pastor Ben, you can go ahead and come on up because this is where I'm going to close it because I can only give you scripture, not my opinions, not my funny stories to help you con conquer and confront fear. You ready for this? You got your Bibles, turn in there. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, because I'd like for you to mark this sucker in your Bible. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, immediately, this scripture begins to refer to fear because you know how many people think God hates them because they've made mistakes. And condemnation comes over them. Although they are in Christ, condemnation comes over them. And so they live in fear of God rather than the love of God. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because those, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Watch the law of the spirit who gives life, the motivator who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. Watch. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that, he, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I'm going to take a sidebar for here a second. If you really want to know how much God loves you, read that scripture again. Because it didn't say he did it because you deserved it. He did it, did it because. He placed no requirements on it. He said, because I love and because I am love this is what I chose to do that that scripture right there breaks the bondage of condemnation off so fast because you find out where you really are with God he goes on in verse 5 it says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires 
The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Can I just say this to you again? The mind governed by fear is death. Flesh and fear run hand in hand. Fear is a flesh disease. It is not a faith disease. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm adding this word. The mind governed by fear is death, but the mind governed by the spirit of God is life and peace. Governed. It doesn't say controlled. It doesn't say dictated. It says governed. In other words, I give access. I allow him to govern my existence. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Okay, watch. I'm not saying that when you fall into a place of fear that you are displeasing to God. But let me say this to you. Can you worship while you're fearful? Can worship, true worship, God-focused, God-moving worship move at the same time while fear is choking out your faith? I'm going to say this to you. Most people go, yeah, I can worship in my fear. I can worship in my fear. But you're going to have to choose which one you declare. You're going to have to choose which one takes over your mouth. Because just because it's not being said doesn't mean it's not being thought. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So as you're contemplating fear, it's very hard to declare worship. It's easy to sing songs. But singing songs and worshiping are two different things. They are not one and the same. And I think that's where the church has been jacked up for a long time is that we think if we sing a song, that's worship. No, no, no. Singing a song is singing a song. That's like you singing a country song in a car and calling it worship. No, singing a song is not worship. Worship comes from your inner man. Worship comes from the depths of your soul. Worship is a praise moment to your king. Worship is a moment where you honor and adore him. Worship is not just a song. Worship is when your mouth takes over and everything else fades to the back. And God becomes the forefront of your existence. That's worship. Worship is when fear cannot live and the world cannot depict where you're headed. But God is the one that's leading and directing everything that I do goes on in verse 9. It says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives what? Because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Why do I? Why did I go to this this part of Scripture? Because I needed to get to the bottom portion of this where it begins to talk about the Spirit. You, the best way you can begin to conquer and confront the spirit of fear is first you need to define what Spirit is living in you. Because the spirit of fear and the spirit of life cannot live in the same hole. You have to uproot one to let the other one live. And listen, let me, let me say to you, we've all done it. I've done it. Come on, let me work with you for a second. I, I, if there's anybody that understands fear, I get it. Let me tell you why. And I've said this to you before. When I was going through my heart stuff and, and the doctors gave me, said, if you don't have surgery, Brian, on your heart, you got three years to live max. Your heart muscle can't take all this stuff anymore. It just can't. 
And, and I've been preaching for what, 14 years, 13 years? Senior pastor for 13 years, been in ministry since I was 19. Come on, if anybody should know the word of God, I should know. If anybody should know how God is and how big God is and how great God is and has declared it to thousands of people, God, I know, I've been there, I've done it. God, I know all these things, but yet in that moment, fear crept in and put me on the couch. And people have asked me, said, why did you sleep on the couch for three months? Because every night I was afraid to sleep next to my wife because I was afraid she was going to wake up to a dead husband. I went to bed every night making sure that I went into the rooms privately when they would sleep and kiss them and hold them and love them because there was a fear in me that thought this could be my last moment. There was a day that I had to sit my son down and have that conversation that, son, if God takes me, I need you to step up. That's no conversation a father wants to have with his 11-year-old. But I had to do it because I was stuck in this moment. But yet, I couldn't even go tell her where I was at because I didn't want to create a fear in her because I knew that the enemy was trying to deal with her too. Although we never really communicated about it, I knew that there was a fight for our lives. And, and I would find myself sleeping on the couch going, God, if you choose to take me, just take care of them. I, I grew up with a fear, a, moral, a mortal fear of death. The thought of not existing would cause anxiety in me that would break me apart. Like literally, the thought of not being here. But when I was single, I didn't really care. But now I got a wife and kids. Man, that, that's too much. I don't want to live like Man, if I could find a way to live beyond them, I would. Because I just want to be there for them. Anyway, any parent understand that, that feeling, that, that desire to want to be there? And then God started dealing with me. He said, Brian, the only reason you fear death is because you fear living. God, what do you mean by you fear living? You think that it ends here. It doesn't end here, Brian. It starts here. And it continues there. To be absent from this body is to be present to, with the Lord. It doesn't say to be absent from this body means death and burial. It means that in a moment, in that moment, you now go to the right, go and sit in the throne room of God. But the reason you're afraid of death is because you're really afraid to live. And he was right. Everything I did was based on fear. Can I say this to you? There's been seasons where I've pastored this church in fear. Afraid of losing. Afraid of it not succeeding. I'm just being real with you. Because, look, if, if I ask you to be real and confront your fears, i got to show you that I'm not any different. I've led this church out of fear at times in my life. I've had conversations with people out of fear in this church in my life. I, I, I've, I've preached things out of fear. I'm not saying I was right, but I allowed fear in. And God said, if you're going to declare my word, fear not. Because you have to trust that I'm with you. The reason I'm telling you this is because we went on the last trip we had, and we don't take a lot of vacations. Um, I'm usually the guy that's got to leave and get back because I don't want to be gone. Um, I'm just that way. I'm a workaholic. I get it. I get it, honestly. Thank you, Papa. I'm just a worker. My wife tells me all the time, if you, there's no work, you'll make work. It's the way I'm built. It's the way I'm wired. And we went on this trip, and, and I put my phone away, and it was weird because I usually like, I'm in everything. And I remember Sunday morning I got up and church was going on and they all wanted to go to the beach and I wanted to, no, we went somewhere, I went, we went somewhere, but I wanted to turn on my phone and watch service. 
Because truth of it is that it's not that I didn't trust those who were doing it. I was afraid that it wouldn't succeed. See, you understand, and I'm saying this the first time with staff that were staying in the room that preached that day. It wasn't against them. It was things in me. When you start something, when you start a church from the ground up, I wasn't handed this church. I started it from the ground up. started with a few people. <laughs> we went to 93 and then went to five overnight. It was so much fun. I've had church in my house. I've had church at a movie theater. We've done it everywhere. And, and, and I realized that I was letting fear dictate how I led the church. And so I was on this trip. I, I woke up one morning. Everybody was still asleep in the house. And I woke up and I went down to the stairs the kids were still upstairs asleep and my wife was still sleeping. I went and sat, sat on the couch and, and I was just sitting there and God says, no more will the church dictate your happiness. And I went, what? He said, no longer will the church dictate your happiness. I will. Okay. So when I came home, I kind of just changed some stuff and I said, okay, I, I'm not going to make the church dictate my happiness. You know what I'd love to do? I'd love to have a job that the church didn't have to pay me at all. Because I think sometimes when finances get into the church, it makes people employees rather than desiring to do what we're called to do. I'm not saying that the church can't compensate what we do as a pastor and how we serve, but man, I just would like to take the pressure off. Serve God with my whole heart and nothing but not because all this costs 9000 a month to maintain. To not be driven by that space where existence says, be afraid if it doesn't come in. No, I'm going to fear not. And this is what I came back from Florida telling God, hey, God, I know I've said this before, but I really mean it this time. You ever have those conversations with God? I know I've said it before, but I really mean it this time. Hey, God, I know you've always said the church is yours, but I'm sorry for putting my hands on it. It's yours. And I'll trust you to lead it. And last Sunday was proof for me. I was here in the building. Most people don't even know I was here. I was in the building, but I was still very nauseous, very sick after surgery. And so I was trying to get back into service, but I couldn't. And I ended up back in the back room watching service on the television. And I watched a team step up, take the reins, and lead this house in my absence. And God made it abundantly clear because I got home on Sunday and Tiff said, look at it, baby. Five years ago, we weren't here. But look, look what God's doing now. And I've got the peace of God to know that I don't need to be the only voice in this house, that I don't need to be the only one preaching from this pulpit. I know you love me and my wife and I know you trust us to lead this house and this church. But God's got us. And this is just a stepping stone to the promise that he has for us. Are we ever going to leave a building we have to rent in? Yeah, we are. But I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to trust God and fear not. In every situation, in every circumstance, no matter where you are in this lifetime, I'd ask you, start today. This is what I need you to do this week. Take inventory. Find out what's creating fear in your life and remove it. And be bold enough and strong enough to say, I don't need it. If it creates issues in you, anxiety, doubt, let me go back and read it to you. If it, if it creates the spaces of angst, anxiety, concern, despair, dismay, doubt, dread, horror, jitters, panic, scare, suspicion, terror, unease, uneasiness, and worry, 
Let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Let it go. Because you know what it's doing? It's robbing your ability to live at limitless faith. It's robbing your ability to enjoy what God has given you. Trust the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Listen to him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Focus your attention on him and all the fear will subside. God, I fear not. Everybody stand to your feet. I told the team I was going to do this on Tuesday. From this point forward, I will hold not, nothing back from this point forward. If you stand in this place and you're battling fear, get to this altar right now. And there are some of you, I know your story. Get to this altar right now. This is your moment. Pastor, I'm just I'm tired of it. No, come on, come up close, come up close. Don't fear. See, fear says I can't get close. Come close. I'm tired of being afraid. Now, now here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Ready? We're not up here because, oh, God, Pastor, I'm afraid. I don't want to be afraid anymore. I just, I'm afraid. No, stop. You come back up here and says, I'm done being afraid. I'm taking authority over my fears. I'm done. You got to get militant. You got to get angry at this thing. You got to be done. You got to say enough. I'm leaving that sucker at this altar. I'm crucifying that thing, and I'm leaving out free. I will no longer be bound to the spirit of fear ever again. And I will ask God to shut my mouth if fear starts to grab me again. And let me say this to you. 90% of what you fear is what you talk about. So ask God, God, give me the words. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You start getting that scripture in your heart and in your mind. It will change what you speak. It will change what you think. And every time fear wants to creep in, you will send that sucker back out. Because you'll say, no, 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 you're not taking root in this house. And then you got to change what your kids do around you and what your spouse does around you. Hey, we're not having these conversations. We're not doing this anymore. We're not going to be in fear. We're, we're, we're bound to our faith in God, not the fear of the world. If the news has got you racked out, shut that sucker off. They're not that good anyway. I have a friend that, that has, oh, I have a friend, a person that used to attend the church years ago, her and her husband, they moved off up north somewhere, and, and uh, I, I saw a post on Facebook. They got rid of their TV. And, and she battles anxiety and depression at a very severe level. And she wrote in a post, she said, since I got rid of the TV, the anxiety and depression has dissipated. Because God told me to get rid of it. And I, as hard as it was, because she got kids, and you put your kids in front of the TV and be like, hey, they're not running around out screaming like wild Comanche Indians anymore. And, and all those crazy things, right? And all of a sudden, she started to see the pain leave her house. I'm not saying that's what you have to do, but that's what she did. It's like when you tell people, hey, turn off your Facebook. Ah, not Facebook. Go a week without Facebook and see how you feel. You might find out there's a lot more pieces out there to exist in. For those of you that are older, when we didn't have all these ways to connect, we were a lot more at peace. But now we have to live in the right this moment, and it's killing us. I don't want to live in your moments. I want to live in his. I'm not worried if you don't love me. I need you to love him. I worry if you don't like me, I need you to like him. I'll be okay. 
you won't be if you don't have him. So here's what we're going to say this morning, and I need you to declare this with me. And that means I need every mouth to open as we say it, and we're going to say it all across this house. Because I know and believe that there are some that are still in their seats that are afraid to come to the altar because fear still governs whether we come to the altar. That's okay, though, because God can meet you where you're standing right now. But I want you to say this with me. Say, God, today, not tomorrow, right now, I lay down every bit of fear in my existence. Father, help me. I need you. Govern me. Let your spirit take hold. Today, I uproot the spirit, the bondage of fear in my life. I will not live fearless. I will fear not. Today, I choose God over fear. So God, come in, uproot, take out, and plant what you have for my life. My heart is yours. I hear my wife talking in my ear right now. Say this with me. Say, I bind. I curse, I remove the spirit of fear. Say it again. Say, I bind and I curse the root of the spirit of fear. Say it again. Say, I bind and I curse the root of the spirit of fear. No more. Say it again. Say, no more. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, no more. I will not live in fear but live by faith by the spirit of the living God today I choose God Father I pray for every mouth that stands up at this altar right now I pray that before they open their mouth, a conviction, a holy conviction will come upon them and close off any contrary word that contradicts that word that we call the living word of God. Father, if it's in them, silence it even now. Shut it off. Let our tongues and our lips declare and bring life and liberty freedom, joy, and peace. Let it be fruit-bearing, not fear-bearing. Touch their minds. Touch their thoughts. Your word says that everything that exalts itself, that exalts itself, Father, whatever thought exalts itself above you, let it be cast down. Let it be torn down. Let it fall to the ground so that you can reign and rule and govern our hearts, our minds, our souls. Today, the spirit of fear has been broken. And we leave it at the altar. 
the place where the dead things die. And we walk out of this place with life and freedom. not be dismayed. Let us understand that you will strengthen us, that you will help us, and you will uphold us with your mighty right hand. Today, Father, we have started the course of breaking the bondage of fear. This will not be a church that fears. This will be a church that walks in the fullness and the purpose of God, the faithfulness of God, the righteousness of God. We will have a heart of a believer. We will be willing to be disciples, Father. We will choose our relationship with you over our relationship with the world. And we will experience everything you have for us. Let faith leave this house, our lives, our families. Look at me if you're standing up here. Take a deep breath. Watch. Remember the Bible where the woman, the harlot, was being stoned to death and she fell down at the feet of Jesus and Jesus drew a line in the sand and said, he who has no sin cast the first stone and he looked at her and said, where have your accusers gone? Y'all remember that story? Y'all, y'all remember that story? I feel this really strong in my spirit. That prayer you just prayed, you fell at the foot of Jesus. Jesus drew a line in the stand, looked at the enemy and said, not anymore, not on this house. And now he says to you, lift up your head, stand up. Where has your fear gone? Because even if you look for it, you're not going to find it. But let me say this to you. Do not go home expecting it to still be sitting on your couch. Go home with an expectation that it has been evicted from your spaces and if you smell it or feel it speak to it it's a spirit that means it has a persona it's a representation I, 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 I choose to believe that a spirit is like a person almost so when I speak to that thing I'm talking to something you ever felt like oh no I'm not doing that today come on that next. That, I know many, the people around you might think you're crazy get a little crazy Stop letting that sucker come around. I fear I see you. This is not peekaboo sessions. We're not playing hide and seek. I see you. Time for you to go. You're not coming today. We're not doing this. No, I fear not. Not fear less. I fear not. You're not getting in. You tried that junk. We did that thing. We, I cut the roots off. You're done. Let's go. I got a life to live and a full life to live. Call him out. Don't whisper to him. Call him out. Give him a name. Hey, give him, call him, call him a name you don't like, but don't cuss. Don't, don't do that. But, but, but call him a name you don't like. Whatever it is, just find something to do, but just speak to that thing. Speak to your issues. Speak to your struggles and tell that thing where to go. Hey, you can go back to hell where you came from. I've had enough of you in my heart. I'm free. And whom the Son sets free is free forever, perpetually. That's what indeed means. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you've done in this house today. 
Father, I thank you each week for the opportunity to stand before your people and declare your word, and I do not take it lightly. I thank you for the opportunity to bring life and healing, and I pray, God, that this word changes the very foundation, the very uh, portion of what they've been dealing with, God. I declare and decree as the pastor of this house, as the shepherd of this flock, Father, I declare that the days of fear are over. Not going to be over. They are over now. Because you told us to fear not. Father, that's what we hold on today is your word. Father, I thank you for the reports. I thank you for the moments that these people are going to have. As fear leaves and faith takes over. As rejoicing and worship overtake every fiber of their being. Lead them from this place today. Give them a great Sunday. Let them enjoy whatever they choose to do. If they choose to watch football, okay. Whatever they choose to do, God. If they choose to take a nap, whatever. I'm not going to go home, God, and worry about a hurricane. I'm going to go home and eat some lunch, Lord. Because you're the God of the storm as much as you are the God of the victory. So, Father, we give you praise for what you're going to do in the moments to come. And next week, we'll come back and we'll find out all the tools that your word has for us in order to stay a life that fears not. We give you praise for it now, for what you've done in this house and what you'll do all week long. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen.